This podcast is sponsored by Hibu, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Hibu. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in the Podcast, the bonus show. After a, a very uneventful first half, it took a Blackburn goal to kickstart proceedings and City got level from another Semenyo goal. A draw felt a foul result against Blackburn team riding high in the league. It was a fine margins again with a Sam Bell goal just offside and another big penalty shout. Matt is with me as always and Matt, you've um, been up for 24 hours. Do you want to just explain to the listeners why? Yeah, the the penalty decision. I've just not been able to sleep again. It's four hundred and forty now. Um, now I've had a, a system upgrade with work and the the job that I do. It hasn't gone well, and so uh, yeah, I was uh, trying to get that resolved until about half past seven this morning. Having backed it out, and then thought there's no point going to bed for an hour. I'll wait. Well, Matt, your your commitment to the podcast cannot be questioned. Oh, mate, um, yeah. unbelievable. I'd like, yeah, I'd like to think it never would be, mate. <laughs> unlike, unlike Lee with his pathetic three words this week. <laughs> well, what were they, Matt? Do you want to tell the listeners? Because I I haven't seen them. Have you not yet? Uh, Baltic, 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 Baltic. Oh, just, my God. Feels, feels a bit of a cop-out, Big Z. Uh, maybe we'll, we're going to put a job advert in the uh, well, first evening post, I yeah. think, for a new three words month. Yeah. But yeah, no, thank, thanks, Matt. And just very quickly before we start about the the, the football, um, mm. so this podcast might not be out in time, but Rich and I are going to be on Radio Bristol for an hour at twelve o'clock oh, with nice. Adam Crowther, um talking about the stories of the week. So that could be interesting. See how that goes. Um, and then later on, we've got a, a podcast with a regular show with Jordan Hall, um, who's who was you know did the Ashton Gate Eight mural and lots of other good art. So. I'm going to find out a bit more about him. So, hence the reason why this was the only slot that we could actually do this, other than doing it till tomorrow. So, news of the week, as in anything news of the week around yeah, the world? Yeah, so we've basically been asked to pick three stories each. So, uh, I've I've picked, I don't know if you saw about the guy in McDonald's in America who who picked up loads of money out of a... Um, he was oh, yeah. went yeah, for the, the drive-through. million dollars, whatever it was, yeah. Yeah, and was given lots of money. Um, what else have I gone for? Obviously, Kelsey Grammer buying a house in Porter's Head. Yeah, a couple of other bits. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Look, yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's gonna be good. Tune that, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right, let's get on to today's uh, podcast, this morning's, I should say. And uh, we've got a guest, and it's Paul Binning. Paul, how are you, sir? Morning, Patrick. Yeah, very good, thank you. Yeah, very good. Excellent, excellent. Good to have you on. Um, Thanks for having me. We're going to do our our, our check-in, first of all, uh, talk club, and how are you out of Temple? Hello, everyone. Uh, just a quick message to let you know that Talk Club are meeting every Wednesday at 7.30 at VIP 3, which is behind the safe stand. It's an opportunity for men to get together, to talk, to listen and get mentally fit. It's an open invite for all men just to come down. No therapists, no couches, no judgment, just a bunch of regular men sitting in a private and safe space, listening and talking. It's most recently endorsed by Mr. Liam Gallagher and the Gypsy King himself, Tyson Fury. So come down and check out for yourself. We're meeting every Wednesday at 7.30 in Fortress Ashton, VIP entrance behind the south stand. I think a fairly solid seven for an early Sunday morning. Yeah, it was uh, okay. A good day yesterday, and uh, well, 
So hopefully I've got a game of football to go and watch this morning, my daughter, but although the chance of being on a probably about as much as us actually getting a penalty this sometime this year. So uh, <laughs> I imagine the yeah. frost and the ice might put pay to that, but hopefully off to watch a game after this. Well, I'm um, <clears throat> I'm in, in the kitchen as opposed to the usual location, so it might, not, might sound a little bit different, but I'm looking out onto the garden and it doesn't look like much football will be played uh, this morning no. in grassroots, should we say. Um, I'm, I'm going to go in in an eight. Um, I've just had a lovely black treacle bacon, Jolly Hog, um, uh, an avocado roll, which went down very well. I'd highly recommend uh, the black treacle. That's black treacle bacon from the Jolly Hog. Uh, so, yeah, eight out of ten. Matt, yourself? I'm probably um, a six for obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, we've already covered that. Right, so, so yesterday's lineup it was unchanged from uh, from last from last week, which was great. We were able to field the same team, so that was Max O'Leary, Zach Viner, Campering, George Tanner, Rob Atkinson, Carl Naismith, Alex Scott, Matty James as captain, Naki Wells, Mark Sykes, and Antoine Semenyo. Big news was Matt Callas back on the bench. Yeah, great to see. Um, I always sort of I've seen a, a report or. I think I did, um, from Nigel Pearson, where he was saying pre-match that Callas was really fit and didn't need any games with the under-21s. And I'm sure I saw a report a few weeks back saying that he needed some game time um, yeah. before he came out, but still. Um, and, and you're right, um, the unchanged team I got, but also having watched them put in the shift that they did over at Swansea, I think it shows just how threadbare and stretched our squad is. Because you can't possibly say that, I mean, I think almost any team in the league would have made changes if they had the quality to come in, having, you know, the, the the same team for the last however many games. So I do think it's, I get why he did it, but I think if he'd had better options, I think he would have made one or two changes. And I think they certainly looked leggy as the game sort of went on. Well, yeah, absolutely, Paul. I mean, the, the first half was really threadbare in terms of incidents and uh, we did look like we were struggling to get going. So were you, with obviously hindsight's a wonderful thing, but would you have made any tweaks to the starting lineup? Maybe Joe Williams coming in instead of James, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I think as Matt said, Marcel, I wasn't I wasn't entirely surprised. Pearson doesn't like to change his team much, if he can help it. Um, one of the first comments I made getting back in the car after Swansea on Tuesday was I checked the odds for Blackburn winning today because I thought we looked so, so tired at the end of that game. Yeah, Knowing we didn't have the depth, I thought that would be... Yeah, it'd be worthwhile. And um, yeah, I think it did show, certainly in the first half performance. And, you know, we we have got players on the bench, obviously, but they aren't quite up to that level. I think you've probably got, you know, Bell for Sykes might have been a natural replacement, especially given his confidence. Williams, maybe. But that midfield, Fulcrum, has been, you know, has been good for the last few games and been a big part of why we've got you know, looked a bit more solid and looked a bit more, got a bit more shape and structure to the side. So it's tricky. It's a, it's a hard one. Yeah. Okay. Well, there are some incidents to go through in the first half, so we'll go through them now. So in the twelfth minute, it was a big chance for Blackburn. Semenyo wasn't close enough to his man and didn't didn't anticipate uh, the ball there, and the cross came in deep from Hedges, and uh, Diaz was in space, Matt, and blasts over. And I honestly thought that that was one nil. Even though it was our end, I only realised it was Diaz when I've watched the highlights back. And that absolutely amazed me when I watched it back and realised it was him because you would have put your money on. It wasn't even a difficult chance, was it? It came right across. He could watch the flight and he just got right underneath it, didn't it? You know, he just didn't threaten the goal at all. 
Yeah, no, it took a while to wake up for all of it. That certainly shook them a little bit, I'm sure. Yeah, very much. And I think, I think, looking back at it, he was just leaning back a little bit, wasn't he? I think yeah. mean, he was possibly just stretching, possibly trying to catch it on the yeah, volley rather than the half volley. Yeah. And uh, um, yeah, just a bit fortunate. I think, you know, I look back and Tanner's got pulled in to cover Dak in the middle. Um, Sykes has kind of just maybe not switched on in a natural position, maybe, um, and not, not seen Diaz coming around him. But yeah, very... Very slack in the middle early on, and a bit of a certainly a wake up call for us because the yeah, first ten minutes it was very slow and pedestrian, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. We did get a chance in the fifteenth minute. Uh, it was Naismith putting Semenyo away. Great control from Semenyo to bring it down, but um, once he gets his shot, his left foot shot away, Matt, he drags it well wide. Yeah, again, one or two of those shots um, that were flying in at the back end of the last season, just seem to be going the other side of the post again, don't they? He seems to be snatching a little bit and, and reverting to type um, with his um, his technique. You know, it's kind of his leg goes away from him. And, but, you know, he, he he was getting in that position. And as you said, it was a, a good ball through. But yeah, he didn't he didn't connect with it in the way he would have wanted, did he? Yeah, 18th minute, Paul. Semenyo put away down the right-hand side. This time the cross comes in. And Wells can't get enough on it to steer it home after the keeper got there first. So, yeah, the keeper was equal to, to Naki Wells, but he's still trying to get in the right positions. And unfortunately, that one just goes wide. Yeah, I thought almost everything we did yesterday, Semenya was involved in somehow and somewhere, and it wasn't quite happening for him. It, you know, there were some lovely touches throughout. There were some lovely bits of play, and, and you could see the defenders were wary every time he got on the ball. And what that can what again we're talking about choosing that too much two or three times on Tuesday night, he had three or four men on him and I don't think we really used that space but that must have created very well but yeah. at one point I remember he came down the left he had four men and Blackburn did a little bit similar yesterday they had a few occasions they had two men tracking him down the channels um but yeah it, again it just didn't quite work we didn't quite get our final pass right our our ball wasn't in the right position it wasn't the we didn't try and play it to the right person maybe I think on that instance it was all very tight and compact about near post of a keeper kind of could take that gamble and and know he wasn't gonna probably be chip you know chip because there's no one else there um but there's, there's some good signs between Semenya and Wales but it's just, without it looking explosive yet without it actually yeah. working in a, in a way of sort of scoring lots of goals but they are they are linking up well and Wales seems to be able to link up with you know that sort of pacey channel running striker quite nicely yeah, Matt, Matt, we did see Semenya and Wells linking up well, but f- for me, Sykes was playing a little bit deeper uh, yesterday as opposed to the last couple of games. It, Sykes looked lost today. He, he didn't seem to know where to play, whether emotionally, the last couple of games because of the goals and, and Tuesday took it out of him, but he was just so off his game today. Um, you know, lots of comments about him, and, and I think it's harsh to to really have a go at the bloke. But um, yeah, today I would have made the change at halftime where, where he was that that sort of poor in the first half. I love the fact you're calling it today because you haven't been to bed yet. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Yesterday. <laughs> so we can let you off for that one. Uh, right, 24th minute, uh, a James Corner comes straight back to him after he fails to clear the first man. And then his right foot in-swinger is flicked on by Naki Wells. Um, and the keeper does well, Paul, to save that one. Yeah, I think I thought I, I'm right behind that where I sit in the in the landstand stand. I thought I was in. I must admit, as soon as it got the flick, um, but it's, it's quite uh, ironic, really. I'm mean, set piece taken off. It was abysmal all afternoon. Oh. Yeah, I don't think. I think it's twice actually. There's twice I remember we cleared the first man, um, and this was one of them. But even that was on the second ball after he'd hit yeah. the first man to get it out to him. And uh, 
I just don't understand. I mean, Alex Scott's obviously been taking off set pieces, or it looks like it, because he wasn't taking them at all. And I just don't understand how we can't do it. But yeah, he got a bit fortunate in a way. He got the ball back. It was actually yeah, a very, very dangerous ball in. Um, and I, I don't think I don't think he could have done any more really in that situation. You just got to try and get something on Avenue and hope that it you know hope that it stays under the bar, which it did, and hope that it evades the keeper. But yeah. uh, unfortunately, didn't quite sort of sneak over the line. Yeah. Do you think fed, Paul? Fed up for talking about it, Matt. I know, mate, but I wonder, do you think they're trying to be a little bit too cute and go for that near post for the flick on or what, in, in much the same way as, I guess, Matty James' second ball did? Because we just don't beat the first man. And and you'd almost think after the first one, the next one I take, I'm just going to go a little bit deeper, but we don't. Yeah. And and it just, it, well, as fans, it leaves us absolutely tearing our air out, doesn't it? Yeah. I think... From what I haven't looked at it, I I don't think Matty James has really got the whip on his balls or a pace. So I think he, if he tries to put it far post, it's just going to be a bit of a floater and the keeper's yeah. going to come and get it or it's going to be quite easy. So I, I think he does. I think you're right. I think we do. I think Alex Scott certainly does that. I think James certainly does that. We're trying to get it all the time. And, but when it works, it obviously is very, very dangerous. And it is, it's almost a perfect ball. But the, the sort of, error for margin is very slim isn't it and you know we do it all the time I think Naismith's got more of an ability to whip a ball in and probably could have a bit more variety to what he does um, but certainly yeah I think we it's been all season hasn't it we've yeah. we've talked you know I heard you guys talking on here I've talked on you know on other outlets about how Scott can't seem to beat the first man or Naismith doesn't and we've, Naismith's had a few hasn't he he's had four or five yep. really really good set pieces so he can do it but the other two just yeah seem seem like they're trying too hard almost just to hit that literally take the skin off the front man's head almost and just yeah. get it over that into that little gap. Yeah. So you've just got to get it in the box on some occasions. I haven't got it noted, but it's just come back to me. Right at the end of the first half, there was a chance to get the ball in the box and it didn't clear the first man. I think it was Naismith on that occasion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On on some some occasions, you know, it's like having a shot. You've got to just get it on target. You never know what's going to happen. Well, if you yeah, if you see Joe Morell's goal yesterday, no. <laughs> absolute rubbish shot, but on target and the keeper spills it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I think we, we haven't got the tallest team. I think I would say that, yeah. We, we haven't yeah. got a tall team particularly at all. Um, Atkinson is the standout in terms of height and ability. But he's not going to win. He's not the sort of player to win that near post header. He's more, His goals when he scored were that deeper one into the six-yard box. Yeah. He, that's yeah. position, and we don't get it to him. We don't get anywhere near yeah. him. Now, maybe it's seen that it's too easy to pick him up because normally the opposition's got a couple of six-foot-five lads who, who just go and pick him up. But we don't really ever appear to go and try and find Atkinson. Yeah. We seem to be getting a little bit better not from set pieces in terms of getting crosses in. So 27th minute, it was Naismith whipping one in left-footed. A real nice whip, nice power on the pass. It was uh, into Semenyo, who sort of bends down, flicks it over with his head. Um, but that one was always dipping over, Matt, I think. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Good good delivery. Um, but again, Naismith had two or three like that that... that you know, one or two came off and the others didn't. It was a bit of a, a real mixed bag from him today, I thought. Um, but Antoine, a bit like Paul said, and, and when I was thinking back about Antoine, I was thinking, yeah, you know, he, he missed that chance and we'll talk about another one that he missed. But but everything we did going forward that was positive was through him. And as yeah. much as I love Sam Bell when he came on and Sam Bell the last two games, that goal has given him so much confidence because today mm. he looks a completely different player. But we haven't got another Antoine Semenyo in our ranks, have we? Sorry, yesterday. You let's <laughs> oh, it's making me smile every time you <laughs> yeah, say it. I saw it, so I recognise that. But we haven't we haven't got a player in our ranks like Antoine. 
well, and that's that, what yeah, worries I mean, what, me with you yeah, know, we'll, probably what we'll, we'll talk, talk about. about it at the end. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Everything sort of went through Semenyo yeah. today, and you just sort of sit there thinking, "Crikey, if he goes in the week, yeah. um, who's going to replace that pace and power and threat?" And, and he actually did it going back the other way a couple of times. He used his, his speed and power to win the ball back in our own, on the edge of our own box, certainly on yeah. one occasion. Yeah. Um, 42nd minute, two quick fire bookings for Blackburn. Sykes taken out first, then Alex Scott. It was two relatively high tackles uh, from the Naismith free kick. It was left footed. And yeah, I have got a note. It doesn't clear the first man and the chance fizzles out. So that was sort of 44th minute by the time the actual free kick was taken. Um, and that takes us into half time. This is a message from the Bristol City Former Players Association. Throughout last season, we brought a number of ex-players back to Ashton Gate. We were pivotal in delivering celebratory events, including the Ashton Gate 8 40th anniversary, and we also celebrated the stars of the 60s who were paraded on the pitch. This season, we will be commemorating some important moments in the club's history and some very important people who were part of our club. If you would like to assist with sponsorship of any of these events, please get in touch with me by email to events at bcfcformerplayers.co.uk. In addition, we're always on the lookout for any interesting artefacts from the club's history to add to our ever-growing Bristol City archive. Thanks for listening, and my email address again is events at bcfcformerplayers.co.uk. Thank you. Time halftime summary from Rob. Bit of a stalemate. The blue touch paper not quite lit. Antoine's header from Naismith bouncing around. Uh, sorry, bouncing cross was probably our best chance. Scott has been quiet. Needs to exert more pressure on their midfield and back line. Or quite cagey. Somebody needs to roll the dice and open up the game. Sam Bell winner question mark, uh, which we will come on to. But Paul, uh, it was a bit of a quiet first half with not much to shout about and not much to get excited about. Yeah, very, very cagey. Um, uh, actually, I thought it was quite similar to the Swansea first off. They, they played a similar style to, Black, to Swansea in the way Blackburn, with a little bit more incisiveness, a little bit more intent to get forward. But they're very neat. Um, I thought, I think it was, I think it was Morton and Wharton, both, in, you know, both impressed me, both yeah. really good on the ball. Um, and I actually thought Morton did a, did a job on Alex Sky. You mentioned there he was quiet, but you pretty much tracked him around the pitch, and it was a really good battle between two, you know, two young talented midfielders and he, he he did a good job he covered him he was he was always snapping his heels um and yeah they, they play good football you can I was actually watching them really really surprised they hadn't drawn a game because playing that sort of possession based football mm. kind of lends itself to some stalemates sometimes I was really surprised you know, seeing them play like that how how they hadn't done that yeah they hadn't played against us well they had <laughs> played against us but <laughs> only once um and Matt obviously Cam Pring as well we haven't mentioned him at all in the first half I think he was sort of marked I mean, out they, of the game almost they did a did a job on him didn't they he um really struggled to sort of get past I don't I don't know the name of the lad um that was on his side but there was one foot race very early on and and he had the legs on Cam um again having played like he played the other night having had to come off for his big wee or whatever it was, we thought it was patch, but he clearly he clearly got a knock. 
Um, you know, he probably wasn't at a hundred percent. I wouldn't say today, and mm. really, I think in the second half he got more involved and got more into the game and had a couple of those runs that didn't quite come off. But yeah, the first half he was really well marshaled. And like Paul said, Alex Scott, I thought started really brightly again. There was one ball again that he just brings out of the sky with a touch, and you think, God. But then you, we didn't really see him, and and that's where, you know, when we start talking about twenty five million for Alex Scott. How much of that is about potential as opposed to kind of where he is now? Because at the moment, he, there's no way he would be playing in the Premier League, is it? And I love him, but he's just not, and you know, he's not at that level. Yeah. Um, Blackburn goal on the 54th minute. Dax starts the move after he failed to get hold of the ball up top. And Morton gets to the touchline, pulls it back for Dax, who's in acres of space to tap home. A couple of questions there for you, Paul. Um I don't think Zach or Max really had much chance and should James have been closer and uh, Wells up top? Possibly. Um, I mean, the one, the person I thought should have been closer was Naismith to Spot. Morton's run I mean, channel. Yeah. Um, and actually, it's the second time in two games he's let a midfield runner go into that near post sort of area. So, which is surprising when you think he's been playing defence, a defender for two or three years, but he yeah. just, he doesn't, he hasn't tracked a runner. Maybe that's just him getting used to a new position and not being sort of standing there looking at the whole game in front of him. But no, I thought Naismith absolutely should have trapped Morton down in that channel. Um, and as soon as you've got a guy like that, as we've seen all season, we've scored lots and lots of goals from cutbacks. As soon as you've got a bit of space in there, it's very hard to defend against in the middle if a, if a good ball comes in. Yeah. Was, want... He was an absolute acres, Matt. Um, and James was just sort of close yeah, enough to, to make a movement. It, it, it was Naismith, 100%. If you watch, if you watch it back, um, he, he even looks, he sees... Morton sort of stood there and then just completely doesn't get the run at all. And then it's too late. Zach then goes to close the yeah. cross, anticipating it. But because it's pulled back, that then means Dak's got an, an absolute um, boatload of room, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I don't quite know um, whether he managed to, to break the appetising hoarding with his kicking of it, but you know there might be a bill on his way to Bradley. Yeah, I did look at that, actually. It seemed to be okay afterwards, but yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that goal... Obviously, we we don't want it to come, but it seemed to just kickstart everyone into into motion a little bit. Um, literally, the, the next minute, Semenyo's away down the left-hand side after a great ball from Atkinson, gets into the box. His shot hits the side netting. I think half the crowd think it's a goal, um, but almost a, a much-needed reply, Paul. Yeah, but another one, if you're being really harsh on Antoine, which has to be on target. You know, even if the keeper blocks it and puts it away, he has to... Yeah, he he has to get on target. He, I remember saying this spring last year. He was he was scoring a few goals at the near post, and I was kind of thinking it's it's great if you can do it, but obviously the preferred way to do these things normally is across, and I don't, he doesn't seem to do that often enough actually. Um, and actually, yeah, actually, in how his goalkeeper was a bit of a straighter one, but look at what happens if you make the goalkeeper do something, it can create something for someone else. And yeah, just just a bit wild. As, as Math said, he's just a little bit snatching, a little bit still, a bit wild. Um, but once again, right in the thick of it in our in our main outlet. Yeah. Matt, 62nd minute, Wells penalty shout, taken out on the edge of the box from behind after a well won tackle on the edge from Naismith to to reinvigorate the attack. All started with a lovely ball to Semenyo from Viner. But um, your thoughts, your immediate thoughts on on that penalty shape? So I, I thought it was real time from the south stand um, from what I could see, because you could see that he kind of went through him. 
when I've watched it back, I think he gets a toe to the ball, but goes through him. So I can see both sort of sides of it. And and again, it was interesting listening to Nigel Pearson afterwards. And God, did he make Ali work for his money in that post-mass interview. Mm. Um, but Ali sort of said, you know, what did you think? What was your first uh, view in, na- you know, with the naked eye? To which Pearson was like, naked eye? Naked eye? Well, yeah, because I thought it, I thought it was, but Gary Harris didn't. And then I'm sure, and I might be wrong, I'm sure you hear Pearson going, "Kin Al," <laughs> <laughs> might have been flipping out, but um, he was convinced, wasn't he? But yeah, I mean, I've watched it back. I've watched the AFL um, and um, Sam Parkin. Sam Parkin, the ex, yeah. yeah, he he says it was a penalty. He thought it was mm. a penalty. So yeah, it's one of those. Other teams probably get them, but mm. where we are with it, and Nigel Whittle will talk about it on Five Live, I'm sure, on or Radio Five with <laughs> Adrian Charles Friday. But yeah, we're not getting them, are we? Is it is has Nigel got a regular Friday slot Seems now? To be. Regular, <laughs> regular, regular sort of after the traffic, it's the, the Friday penalty spot. So that keeps going until we get a penalty. I, I don't know, yeah, possibly. Yeah, he's doing, <laughs> he's really doing so well, isn't he? So, yeah, yeah, good, good work. I mean, my, my viewer 20 years ago, no chance he won the ball, and yeah, yeah. we've all been a football, we all we won the ball ref, and, it's, and that's yeah. all you need to do. I think anywhere else on the pitch, that gets given as a free kick because it is. If you actually, I tried to do that sort of screenshots, pause the frame this morning, is his. Leg goes right through the back of both of Naki's legs. Yeah, it does. he does get a toe on the ball. You're right, Matthew. He wins the ball yeah. in in old money, but he goes right through the back of him, and that's you know that, that yeah. would be a free kick anywhere else in this day and age. And you know, and there was help. there was one World Cup or, or European Championships where they really clamped down on going through the back of people, regardless yeah. if you won the ball. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the rules are now, but I, yeah, I think Paul's spot on. If that's twenty yards further at the pitch, it's a free kick nine yeah, times out of ten. And it's that old adage of anywhere else on the pitch is a free kick. Why it's different in the penalty area, yeah. Okay, 65th minute, good run down the right and cross from Tanner. Then Sykes working hard to also get the cross in, but comes to nothing. 66 minute, Bell for Sykes is the change, Matt. Um, and Bell, once again, straight in amongst it after his cross is cut out seconds later. But we said it on the podcast on Tuesday, Bell needs more time, and on Tuesday he had a, a good chunk of time. Ended up being sixty odd minutes, um, and got his goal Tuesday. And for all, for everything that that's done for him, it's made him more confident. And we saw that straight away. Yeah, definitely um, straight away in the game, um, and then for the the rest of the game. I mean, I think I even saw his name in the the club um, man of the match for sort of votes that you can give. Sam mm. Bell was, was one of those and he had a real influence when he came on, he linked up really well, showed four or five really nice one touches that opened the play up. Um, and he was a little bit unlucky with that first cross. He probably, probably got too much on it. Um, yeah. If anything, but no, it was good. But, but for me, patch and, and Paul, you were there Tuesday night. It was, that goal seems to have absolutely galvanised him into a really strong-looking forward player with with something about him, didn't it? A bit sort of Tommy Conway-esque in terms of the confidence just seems to give a, a player now who I've said on here all the time, he's like a Jack Russell running after the ball. The, those two games, he, he played like a proper forward player. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Paul uh, Bell sort of come in coming into himself, into the Bristol City starting mm. lineup, probably at just the right time, to be fair. 
Yeah, I think it is. And I think also the formation probably suits him a bit now because we've got playing the three forwards again, which... Yeah, good shame. He'd probably prefer to play centrally because that's where he sort of gets his goals. But actually, it's a nice way of being introduced into a, you know, into the seniors team. Bit bit more width. He can use his pace. I know someone who lives, you know, lives Cleveland and where He said he, they, for years, they've seen him out on the road non-stop. He's always running. But, yeah, he does training and then goes for a long run after training, which I don't know if his... Uh, his uh, fitness coaches are aware of that, know about that, yeah, but yeah. he's obviously yeah, he's a fit, quick boy. Um, and yeah, you you've got to get chances, isn't he? I think whatever happens now, unless Semenyo doesn't go and everyone comes back to fitness, and then he's probably back down the packing order a little bit. But then I think I don't know, does he suit that role more than say Andy Vyman? I think he probably does. If you're talking about out wide and beating a full back and getting a cross in, um, so it'd be interesting to see what. Pearson does with the rest of the season how that develops with Sam Bell's progression but also with the formation we're now playing which has been tweaked compared with what a couple yeah. of our players are used to yeah yeah really good shape uh, be interesting to see what happens there uh, right but 68th minute it is the goal it is the equaliser it's a Naismith corner flipped on by Semenyo the ball's cleared breaks all the way back out to Tanner who taps to Viner Viner takes on his man um, and shoots, takes a couple of touches and shoots from 20 yards after going round a couple of people. Keeper parries and Semenya's there to mop up the ball in the court, put it in the corner, Matt. But um, Zach Viner, obviously, you know, we had the chant introduced on Tuesday and I was disappointed up until that point. I hadn't heard it at all. I thought it would be the first thing I'd heard when I, when I took my seat. But um, that certainly... It sparked sparked the chant, and also it was a great great to see him get that shot away as well. I mean, it was the keeper did make a bit of a hash of it. Let's be fair to parry it straight to Semenyo, but it's the equaliser, and it's just what we needed. I thought the movement beforehand. I mean, Tanner to play the ball, but but Zach then has to take it out, then comes in and then beats another man before he gets his shot away. And and actually, it was you're right in terms of the keeper. Absolutely, should have done better, but. He didn't slash at it. It was a, a kind of, he tried to pass it into the corner of the net, didn't he? Um, yeah, the keeper makes a hash of it. Antoine has to be there in the right place. I thought he was he was playing himself out of a move and out of a transfer fee. And obviously the goal then, uh, it changes things. But yeah, yeah, I mean, today, voting stops. Zach Viner would be my player of the season. I think he's been so consistent. Um, and I, I was genuinely trying to think of a player, a Bristol City player, where they've turned the crowd and and fans' opinions of them as much a, or as quickly as Zach has done over the. Well, it's probably not quickly because I think probably over a few years he's not been fancied. But I just I can't think of another one that he's made. You know, fans turn around and go, actually, do you know what? Yeah, I'll have you. I'm really struggling. Paul, have you got anyone? No, I think there's probably a few shorter term ones where maybe players, we've been in a championship and they've struggled and then we've got relegated and then they'd be mm. good at League One maybe. But yeah, that would probably maybe a season of relegation and they've come good. But no, I don't. And, you know, it's not criticised fans too much. It's not just fans, it's, it's coaches, it's managers. No one's picked him consistently. No one's really gone and said he's going to be our man. And I I was chatting to, chatting to people yesterday saying, Nigel Pearson spent two years saying the players we've got at this club don't suit uh, forward or back, blah, blah, blah. There's no way I don't think any of us would have picked Zach Viner as a centre-back in a four before this spell of form. But it suddenly looks like you can rely on him there and he can be that strong. And actually, 
I'm not sure many fans would appreciate Callas coming back in for him at this point in that right side of central defence spot, which says everything, really. Yeah, I think I think if Callas comes back and goes into the, the Viner slot, that would be really disrespectful, I think, yeah. to, to Zach. Yeah, I, I, I'd like to see Callas, you know, again, it probably would be disrespectful to George Tanner as well because he's come in and done a job. But if he's going to come in anywhere and start, I think it's right, it's right side of, of the defence, right back, Matt. Wait. I'm pretty sure he played there for Middlesbrough, didn't he? He did a bit, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Many you, years ago. I, yeah. I, I agree with Paul. I mean, I, I really, I really like Thomas Callas, but no, not, not the way that, that Viner's been playing. And if he did come, I mean, I don't think Pearson would. Um, but if he did come straight back in, then that, that for me would be poor. Ironically, yesterday I actually thought Viner made a couple of the decisions making and a couple of the errors that he's actually been known for and he didn't get punished for it fortunately he missed, missed the header right at the end yeah um he had a shot he got a bit carried away didn't he after his after his assist but he had a <laughs> shot which threatened section 82 more than actually the goal mouth and he said after in the interview we let's not talk about that one yeah. <laughs> so yeah even, I think he actually made tuesday, a couple of little errors yesterday but on, but even you know, on tuesday paul didn't he, he had that slashed kind of clearance yeah yeah, clearance, yeah, yeah. to yeah. save didn't he but yeah but maybe i don't know maybe even I know it sounds a bit silly. Maybe even the errors have been done with a bit more conviction, a bit more confidence, and it makes a bit of a difference. You know, there's a saying in cricket, if you dangle your bat out, you get an edge. If you do it firmly, it goes down into the ground. And maybe that's yeah. almost what is happening with, with Zach at the moment. Well, and also, it doesn't seem to impact him either. No. It doesn't seem to impact his confidence. Yeah. You can see that his reaction is completely different to if he'd have done a misplaced pass. We we said Tuesday, perhaps, didn't we? It's it, it Swansea. Um it was a captain's role from him. He was the one that you could see talking and encouraging and geeing people up when it went into extra time in particular, wouldn't it? So, yeah, it's good good to see. And I'd like to think even his harshest critic is turning around and going, actually, this season I've got it wrong. You know, he, he is of a level to be in the championship and in our starting lineup. Do we know if there's an under-21s game this week that Calas may feature in? I don't know. I don't know. When was that Newcastle game rearranged for? Was that? Yeah, I, didn't, sure. I, saw a, I saw a tweet pop up, I didn't look at the detail. Yeah, yeah it'd be good if there is a game this week where you can get half an hour, 45 mm. minutes at right back or wherever, um, just to see where that where that leads yeah, for. If it's not a position you want to really try. Is it? it's not, if it's a forward, you can kind of bring him on for 20 minutes at the end of a game, but you don't really want to just bring Callas on for 20 minutes at right back no. and try him out. And actually, Patch, you saying you know it would be that right side. It'd be harsh to drop George Tanner. George, yeah, George, that, George, yeah. George Tanner's doing the job that's being asked of him. He's not, he's not pulling up any trees and and you know setting the world alight. But he's actually being really consistent, isn't he? Mm. Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting. Good dilemma to have, right? Seventy um, third minute, Wells brought down after a ball over the top from Viner. It's a second booking, and he's off. Daniel Ayala, uh, the James free kick delivery is cleared by the first man. And eventually a shot comes in from Alex Scott well over. Uh, Paul, no no um, surprises that it was a second booking. And uh, as always, when people go down to 10 men, you never think it's going to be any easier because it just changes the shape. Yeah, it did. No, Wells, Wells is a clever striker, isn't he? I mean, he very much earned that. It was a book. I think it was a foul. It probably was a yellow card, but Wells earned it. Yeah, um, yeah I very, very quickly, they just... Pretty much put seven men across the penalty area, and it was it was a classic old sort of training session uh, system, wasn't it? Yeah, how can we work around them? And yeah, they just made it very hard for us. And um, 
it, there wasn't really enough time left in the game I didn't, to, to make a real difference, was there? If it had been sort of 30, 40 minutes, you kind of think they'll tire, but they didn't really have time to tire because they just sat back and didn't didn't really try and do much else. Well, yeah, and that remaining uh, 17 minutes plus injury time, Matt, it, there was a number of occasions where players go down injured, the ball was out, it didn't come back in very quick. So the actual sort of time in play was was probably like seven minutes in that whole in that whole time. And yeah, it, as I say, it, it's going down to 10 men. It's much better if it's a good 45 minutes, half an hour than than that short amount of time. Um, 78th minute, uh, Viner comes forward again and the ball gets away from him. He lunges in and gets a yellow mat. That could have easily been a red card. Difficult to see from where I was. Um... Yes, it, he kind of overran it and lunged. I don't, I don't know. They were obviously claiming for a red. You know, I've not watched it back, so I don't know how close it was. But I, I thought a booking was probably the right decision. Yeah, could have, could have been. I mean, I, I, the angle I was on, the way that obviously the way, theatrics that were applied as, as he sort of fell to the, fell to the ground and the way the players react, it could have been one of those ones where the referee just got his red out straight away, didn't even think about it. But yeah. fair play to the ref, he didn't make a. A snap decision on on that one. Eighty um, second minute shot deflected over from Scott. Great firm passing from Scott and great delivery from Tanner with both with real intent. Paul, I don't know if you remember that passage of play, but it was it was real pace on the pass from Alex Scott and the same from from Tanner on the right hand side. So we were certainly pushing and pressing for that for that winner. Yeah, we were, and I I saw. Um... Pearson and the staff sort of pushing Tanner forward. They were sort of physically saying, you know, get that because they had no no one up front to mark. So he's not best suited about, is he? I think it would have been perfect for Kane Wilson to come on at, at that point and or even yeah. Andy Byman to come on and just be in that position. Um we, we, we tried. I don't I don't think yeah, when you don't score against 10 men, fans can walk away frustrated. I don't think anyone really did because actually we we did try. We didn't do anything wrong. We we were patient, maybe a little touch too patient at times. But as you say, there were, there were moments within that where we really did try and move it quickly and try to get in behind them. And it just, they, they defended well, to be fair to them. It was uh, you know, frustrating, but they, they did a good job. Yeah. And then the 90th minute, Sam Bell, great running, great finish, great pass from, from Carl Naismith. But it was ruled offside. And Matt, as you know, I never celebrate a goal until I look at the linesman. And I, I was sat firmly in my seat for the whole time. Um, when Sam Bell himself was running off celebrating and you saw Cal Naismith fall straight to the floor and head in hand. Um, but the positive there is that it was a good finish. It was a good run-in. Just need to look across the line and he was offside for me, Matt. He went just a fraction early, didn't he? Whether it was he expected the ball to be slightly earlier, um, like you, having watched it back, and I know, you know we all have views, I've seen plenty of people on Twitter saying that you know, if you draw a line across the right back on the other side is playing him on. I, I think he looks, he's, he certainly his upper body is offside from that point of view. Um, again, Pearson after the game, emotions running high, but he's sort of saying that the, the um, assistant ref's position, he's sort of yards behind it and so doesn't have the right angle. But then surely Nigel Pearson's angle is even worse than that from where he is. So for me, it was offside. You're right to call out. It was a great finish. Such a shame, wasn't it? Because again, what would that have done for his confidence? Two winners like that, his first one in front of the home fans. But if if he if he puts in the the kind of performance he did there in the second half, that goal at home's not going to be long coming, is it? No, absolutely. Paul, your thoughts definitely offside for you, or 
yeah, it looked to be, didn't it? It, was, it wasn't much, but um, yeah, very clearly offside to me. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think what it showed is we've got that ability. And Naismith in midfield probably does that more than even maybe Alex Scott does in terms of looking for that little ball through, which which is exactly what Scott should be doing more and more yeah. of, you know, looking for that little neat tenure, you know, slide rule pass through the midfield. Um, you know, it's a great ball. Um Great finish, and as it, in some ways, I don't think you'll do his confidence any harm actually, because mm. he'll know he finished it. Excuse me, he'll know he made the run. He got a, got a, you know, got ahead of a defender, and and okay, he's just got to hold his run a little bit more next time. Yeah, and I like the way he went across the keeper rather than near post, which we called some menu out for earlier in the game. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that takes us to the end. Um. There was not much, not many opportunities after that in the five six minutes of injury time, but. Uh, before the game, Matt, would you have taken a point against a Blackburn side doing well? Yeah, I, I don't know how any Bristol City fan could say not because they were, I thought they were fifth or sixth at the time. I think they're fourth at the end of the day. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and it keeps the unbeaten run going. We know we need wins, but it was a competitive performance again. Um, I don't agree, and, and it sounds like I'm having a bit of a Pearson bashing, and I'm not, but I don't agree with his comments after the game that we dominated the game. Yeah. Um, I didn't think we dominated the game. I thought we were the better side in the second half, absolutely, but I, I certainly didn't think we dominated the game. Well, the first, first half, half, no one dominated, no, did they? It was I, just... I thought it was a, an, an even game of lacking quality in the final third. Yeah. Um but, but then, that's probably as much him trying to give confidence to Timo, isn't it? Yeah, um, probably, probably well. is Paul's good, good shout. I mean, I suppose yeah. like Russell Martin the other night when I've seen his post-match mm. comments. What, what <laughs> We're a much the better team or something. Well, what a claim. Yeah, there's yeah, look at the two teams and you know how we played. So yeah, sorry, Russ. I guess, I guess what Pearson would do, I mean he could he could actually sit and listen to his pod and say, Well, actually, we had six, seven, eight of a half chances. You know, we yeah, yeah we they had one basically where Raritan Diaz skied over I, I, I guess when he got Dominating the game is that you're creating the chances. You've got the the lion's yeah. share of possession and control of the game, and and I didn't didn't see that. But yeah, I don't just, really make good... too many notes of the Blackburn chances. To be fair, no, but it's good, 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 good shout though, Paul, because he, he you're right. He's that's about man management, isn't it? Gene up your team. The players will listen to that. Zach Viner certainly came across as if they felt that was the case. So yeah, maybe I was maybe I was too Baltic, Baltic, Baltic in the, the safe stand. <laughs> Um, right, let's read out some tweets, Matt, and then we'll come to the ratings. Uh, Johnny Pine, uh, nothing between the teams in the first half. City were much better once we went behind. Shame we couldn't take all three points against a top six team. Would have taken four points before these two home games, unbeaten in six and this year, and now going in the right direction. Daniel Healy, happy with the point, although I thought we were lucky not to win the game our sec- on our second half display but Blackburn are a decent side and didn't make it easy for us, but we are still unbeaten in 2023. Onwards and upwards, Chris Rose. Draw was just about a fair result. Surely a fresh Joe Williams worth bringing on in place of tiring midfielders. I might be in the minority, but I don't think Semenya is Premier League level yet and needs to improve his first touch before he will be. Uh, Matt, I, I was expecting to see Joe Williams come on for, for Matty James on the 65th, 70th minute, to be honest. Your thoughts? Probably not for Matty James with with Nigel Pearson. Um, I, I would have expected Joe Williams to come on. It's been Alex Scott, hasn't it, the last couple of games? Um, and even Naismith has come off at, at some stage. Um, but you're right. And it, especially the impact that he had last week yeah. against Birmingham and against Swansea in the week. Exactly. Yeah. Bang it, it was a real, both yeah, times. 
it, it was a real surprise. And there's a bit of me that also sort of thinks, I don't know what that does, not so much Joe Williams because he's in there, but what it does for the bench as well, if you, you're wanting to win the game and, and you know, you're not, you're not being given an opportunity, but, you know, again, like I said, a, a point was a, a good a good point against a good side. So, Paul, you were at both those games as well. Joe Williams come, comes on, looks hungry, some, some great block tackles, even had a chance to score on Tuesday night. Um, I don't get why he didn't come on. No, no, I agree. Um, and again, especially if we played three games in a week and most, yeah, a lot of those players have played a lot of those minutes. I mean, he, did, he did take off his entire central midfield, didn't he, on Tuesday yeah. night um, to, to rest them. But, yeah, especially when we went down to 10 men, you know, why not get a bit of energy? He could have come on for Tanner. He could have come on and been almost like a, you know, yeah. impromptu right midfielder and just getting more forward maybe. But, it, yeah, I think you're right. As a sub, you must be very frustrated not getting that chance to come on and get 10 men when you also, you know, you know that those players have played three or four matches in a row and have played 90 minutes and and are looking tired. And um, there was probably, yeah, probably one or two other options we could have done as well. But I do think sometimes that, managers are happy with the game position and, mm. and the way the game's going. Like he would have obviously wanted to win, but he also wouldn't have wanted to disrupt anything and lose shape and structure and, and mm. concede. And I think some, although they'll they'll always say, oh, we go for the win, we do this, we do that. I do think there's a, a safety element sometimes in some managers where they just don't want to disrupt what's happening as opposed to yeah. making a, a spark. And maybe that was the case yesterday. He just didn't want to risk losing the point. Yeah, and 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 we don't know. Maybe Joe had a little bit of a feeling in his hamstrings yeah. or something. We don't yeah, know. Yeah. And cold, cold day, wasn't it? I mean, you know, Cam wouldn't necessarily get in the best out. Could Jada Silva have come in there? Mm. Um, yeah. So yeah. options, right? Chris Chard was definitely happy with a point. They seem to be playing together more consistently, but still, a few passes need to be more precise and less heading. Def Zach for pick of the match. And uh, last one from Joanna Baggs. Enjoyable second half after a bit of a boring first. Zach, Antoine and James all played well. Naki worked so hard and a nice cameo from Sam. What a shame his cold didn't stand. Thought a draw was about right. Fans great again and we're still unbeaten in 2023. And uh, just a big thanks to Simon Devlin, who I met yesterday, who's a listener, who came in and collected a snood, which was very well used, I'm sure, yesterday, Matt, in the Baltic, oh, Baltic, Baltic. Yeah. I bet it was, yeah, because they are... <laughs> They're like having a little portable radiator around your neck, aren't they? <laughs> they absolutely are. There's a couple left, only only two or three. Um, if anyone wants to get in touch um, over on Twitter at 3PIAPC. But Matt, over to you for the ratings. Okay. Um, so I think I did these about four o'clock this morning. So please, <laughs> please, please challenge away. Um, Max, I probably harshly have gone five. And the reason for that, I thought his kicking today was so off. He kicked the ball directly to Blackburn three occasions. Didn't come to anything, but just a, a little bit off. In um, So like I said, probably a little bit harsh. Um, certainly wasn't at fault for the goal. He didn't then really have anything else to do. I don't even, I can't recall a save he had to make after that. So I'm being picky really. But yeah, I just thought his kicking wasn't, wasn't what I would expect of him. Cool. Yeah, I can see. I think I can see that. I think you know, fight. He he didn't make a save. I don't think he made a save. So you no. almost didn't even do what was expected. He came came for a few crosses again. Now I think a couple of times, which which yeah. you know, talked to on Tuesday how important that was when when you need that settling down. Um, but no, he's kicking again. I don't know if he's almost trying to be too precise. Sometimes he's trying to 
<clears throat> just ping a, a flat zinger ball exactly to someone's head rather than maybe giving himself a little bit of bit of grace in it. And certainly he didn't kick it out into touch, I don't think, as often yesterday as he did no, on he Tuesday did. night. But he, it, it's been two games in a row now where he's, yeah, he's probably given the ball away four, five, six times. And if you're going to do that, you may as well just pump it forward and hope Spencer exactly. gets a header on it. Yeah, and, and I find yeah. it that he, ping, he pings that one out to the left, which when we had Aidan Flint, out on the left, and we Frankie Fielding used to do it. It worked, and Cam's not bad in the air, but more often than not, it's it's pinged in such a way that their only option is to try and head it out. They can't control it. They no. can't really do anything else with it. You sort of think, actually, all we're probably doing is giving the ball straight back to them anyway, so why not have yeah, Max hoofed it himself? But, yeah. On a couple of occasions, um, I remember one, one occasion, and um, this is what I really like about Max, is he got the got the game going really quickly. Yeah. He, there was an opportunity, I think, Semenya was off down the left-hand side and that he was the only one forward yeah. and Max got the ball, booted it straight up to him yeah. um, and then towards the end as well, the, the the ball was going out and he was the one jumping over the hoardings to get the ball and all that. Yeah. It's all those sorts of things. As a fan, it's the sort of, sort of things oh, you would do. I, I think just get dist- going. Yeah, his distribution is, is better than Dan Bentley's, definitely, for me. Um, Zach, just because the, the, the way that it falls in the sheet, um, I've gone seven um, and man of the match. Again, I don't I don't want to go over the top because I didn't think Blackburn were great in the forward line. I mean, they've got two very good players in Barrett and Diaz and, and Bradley Dack. But I thought Zach coped really well, um, went to close the cross down, like I said, for the goal. And maybe if he'd held his run a little bit, but if he doesn't go and close it, then whoever it was, Morton, as a run. So, yeah, so I went seven, um, and, and as I say, man of the match. What did he get Tuesday? Was it an eight or a nine? Uh, an eight. Okay. Eight. Yeah, so that's probably... But I thought Swansea right. posed more of a... Could be an eight, but yeah. Um, Mark Sykes, I went five. Um, that could even be a four, because he just didn't really do anything at all. And I... I the bit I'm finding most frustrating with Mark Sykes is he seems to pull out of a lot of stuff. He doesn't sort of, there's times where I think you almost don't look like a a professional footballer because you don't do the things I'd expect you to do to want to win the ball. Um, You know, he switched off for that early chance with Brereton Diaz, but yeah, it was just a really bad show from him today. Um, And, you know, I sort of was harsh on Max with a five. I think probably if I'm, using the same standard, Sykes is probably a four. <clears throat> I don't know what you think, Paul. I wouldn't disagree with a four, I think, actually. I, I yeah. yeah. It's, I think there's passing score as well. When he actually gets on the ball, he he, he gives the ball away so often. And Yeah. I think, old, I don't know, is he still a League One footballer trying to play at this level and this pace? Maybe maybe he is. And I'm not trying to sound disrespectful, but I'm not quite sure he's necessarily ready for this level yet. I'm Pearson's talking about again in the week, saying how much he's come on and... Yeah, he scored three goals and lots of fans will always look at goals and just say, oh, well, he's done a good job. But I'm not sure his performances really have been really worthwhile. And yeah. I think if it's Sam Bell, you'd certainly be eyeing up that slot on the team. Yeah, you would. For I mean, if if you're picking players on performance and then getting the shirt and showing what you can do, Sam Bell starts against West Brom, doesn't he, in that position? Yeah, yeah, it's, I agree. Yeah. Um, George Tanner... Carl Naismith and Rob Atkinson and Cam Pring, I went sixes for. I thought they all put a shift in, all all kind of 
varying degrees of success. You know, yes, Naismith hit a few sort of poor passes, got caught with the goal, but also, as you said, Paul, threaded two or three really nice. He threaded one to Antoine, which he just didn't anticipate, and it would have been that 10-yard sort of opened everything up. Mm, mm. Um, Rob, I thought, had a good game. Um, solid. Yeah, solid, consistent. Going and Pring- forward a few times as well, which was always good. Yeah, exactly. And Pringy, it, it's a six based on kind of where he's been of late. You know, he's been eights and nines. Defensively, he was very good. He certainly... Um, was the same as George in terms of trying to get forward and it didn't quite work out. So yeah, I'm not I'm not going to score Cam Dang um because it didn't quite work out. He was still trying, wasn't he? So I mean the, the one that maybe would have towards a seven for me and it, it would be Tanner. And that's only because he kept a top top striker very quiet playing wide left. Now that sort of assumed Brayden Diaz had a good game and Tanner dealt with it. And I'm not sure that really happened. I think but on on reputation Brereton Diaz is a real danger and a real threat, and he didn't really do that at all. But I, I, I probably would agree with a six, but I, I can I, see I, how some casual newspaper observers might give him a seven just for keeping a, the big name quiet. Great show. And and if where you sit in that landstand, it seemed for I was in the south stand that Brereton Diaz, every time, was putting his arms behind him and holding on to Tanner and fouling Tanner, going for the um, the man and not the ball. And actually, Tanner didn't lose out too many of those, did he? So you, you, no. I could I could see a, a seven as well, yeah. Solid defence. He's just, he's just unfortunately, yeah. lacking a bit going forward. He's a proper yeah. old-fashioned right-back. And yeah. He's, yeah. He's good. He's good positionally. He's good defensively. Yeah. Um, Matty James, I went six. Um, and I know he was some people's man of the match. I, saw, I think I saw Feb saying that he should have been in the, in the, the discussion around man of the match. I guess with Matty James... He's, he's one of those players, I think in years to come, he's the sort of player we'll look back on and go, oh, Christ, yeah, we had Matty James played for us, didn't we? And not really think of him in the way that we think about some of the other midfielders that we've had, you know, that that really stood out for us. I think, I think Matty James does a job. There are times for me, in the way that I watch the game, I think he's a little bit too deliberate and a little bit too um, safe with with some of what he does. I get so frustrated that when we get a free kick in our half, that we go backwards or sideways rather than looking at what we've got on sort of going forward. And he's not the only one that does that. But in the last 20 minutes, Matt, yesterday, how many times did it go backwards and sideways? Exactly. But, when we but, had but 10 men against us and. But on the, on the flip of that, I agree with what Paul was saying earlier on. I think sometimes when you do that, you have to spread the ball wide. You've got to keep it wide to try and open it up and stretch. The, the sort of the 10 men I just felt at times it was a little bit too slow to do that if it had gone out there a bit quicker then we might have found some more space so mm. I, I went six for James um as I say it, it's an area of the team for me that I think we 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 definitely need to improve on because I think if we add with him and when you have him in Naismith neither of them have got the legs to be getting forward in the way that that Blackburn midfield were operating is, is almost a, a two and a three going forward so it was so reliant on Scott then being the one with the with the energy in the legs. So yeah, but but I'm not being you know, critical of him. Scott, I went six, and that could have been a five because again, I'm not I'm not seeing enough of the influence. He did at least he was on till the end and and was still creating. So hence the six. But yeah, yeah. My my take on Scott yesterday was a lit. It's a bit like a lesser version of Semenyo. I did feel that mm. quite a bit of what we did, he was sort of involved in and he did do it, but it was only 
four or five occasions through the yeah. game and we need him doing that 10, 12, yeah. 15 times. Yeah. Um, Naki, and this probably is harsh as well because some of the others, so I went five for Naki, but thinking about it, I think Naki didn't get much kept working. Did he put a performance that I expect from Naki? He did. A couple of chances. Um, I didn't think he had great service. So that five could easily be a six. Mm. Um, I think so six is I, fair. Okay. Um, and then Antoine, for 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 me, and I think Paul Paul's probably in the same boat, was up there in, in the man of the match sort of stake. So mm. I went seven um, on the basis that I, I went seven with Zach. Um, but could could very easily have got that man of the match. I, I wouldn't if any you know if you if you two boys said actually Semenya <clears> gets man of the match for me, I, I wouldn't disagree over Viner. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a a performance for me that is going to make me miss him when he, he undoubtedly is going to go. And I think from our own point of view, it probably needs to be in January to get the most bang for our buck. Um, but yeah, you know it, the way the way he picks the ball up wide and just rolls the defender and comes mm. in and opens everything out. Um, yeah, he's um, quality player. And 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 the other thing is, and I I don't know the figures, but assuming he's on between six and eight grand, six and ten grand with us now, if there's any truth in the rumours about what Bournemouth were offering, that talk was fifty. But say it's even forty grand. He can treble his his wages. Wouldn't that turn your head? Wouldn't that make you think? I'll tell you what. I'm not going to put my foot in there just in case that doesn't come off. And he didn't play like that at all, did he? He gave a proper hundred percent. Scored the goal. When he scored the goal, he looked as delighted if it was his first goal in a Bristol City shirt. Um, so I think that speaks volumes for him. And and I hope he gets the move for himself. But I will be really sorry to see him go. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought he was yeah very good, and I say it didn't quite happen for him. But you'd think back to some of the the accusations that he wasn't really on it pre World Cup. He didn't want to get injured. I mean, as you said, that was chalk and cheese from yesterday. He worked back. He worked hard. Yeah. He was occupying defenders. He was doing. And again, if you compare him to Brereton Diaz in the same position on the opposite side of the pitch, he was you know far more impactful, far more dangerous, worked harder, and looked better. And yeah, it's. He's going to go and quadruple his wages because that's just almost a standard base wage in the Premier League. And yeah. he, if if he's you know gets that chance, then yeah, absolutely best of luck to him. And yeah, I think we hopefully we'll all enjoy watching him when he does get that move. But it's a big big hole to miss. And someone I was chatting to after a game yesterday said, "Oh, does he score enough goals over the Premier League?" And I was like, "No, it's fair because we talked about him snatching at chances." But I think the way a lot of Premier League clubs will look at is they'd rather have him scoring 10 goals a season in the way he plays almost than a goal poacher scoring 17, 18, 19, who doesn't impact the game because they'll yeah. value his, you know, his, his ability off the ball, on the ball, defensively working pace, strength. And I, yeah, I think fans often just look at goals and assists and stats and say, that's what matters. But I think actually I'd much rather have him than, a, you know, whether you want to pick, you know, who's going to go and score 18, 20 goals, but be a fox in a box type player. It's the impact he'll make as well. Yeah. He'll probably be coming off the bench, I would have thought. Um as a, as and, a starter, he would, wouldn't he? Yeah. 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 And he'll he'll come on and, and and impact the game when you've got some people who are more tired in the last 20 minutes, half an hour. I think he's he's that's the role he was playing when it was Wells and Conway. Mm-hmm. He was coming on, wasn't he? And and impacting the game. So be really interesting. And and I, I think I'm think I'm with you guys. I think we he probably will be gone. 
maybe even this time next week. Uh, the rumours on Twitter are, are true. Then I think it's someone suggested personal terms of being agreed and it's just now the, the how much bit. But it, he will leave a big hole. And what do we do with that? How do how much of the, the 10, 12 million, whatever it's going to be, do we get to re to immediately reinvest? Um, who? I mean, we've seen Rotherham's Ogbene name put forward, which would be obviously a great signing. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a big loss. If you look at how much he was involved yesterday and the impact he had yesterday, we need someone who's who's going to be able to replicate that, that in my opinion. Well, and and how he was involved against Birmingham, and how he was involved against Swansea, he's he's, he's not firing on all cylinders in front of goal himself, but he's still contributing to still scoring of, goals exactly, and still <laughs> contributing, you know, with the assists. The I mean, I heard Mark um, Mark Tovey on Radio Bristol, and he it's it's, it's all rumours, and I heard the man saying this in the supporters' club and all the rest of it, but. <laughs> He, he was saying that he'd heard 16 million and they expected it to go through. Now, I would take 10 with whatever we got on top of that as add-ons, but 10 is the base. That's what I would want to, to get for him. Mm. If we get that, how much does Pearson then need to spend potentially to get an Ogbeni or somebody in? You might you might not spend anything and just do wages for a, a, a prem loan player of a, a similar kind of ilk, and there are players that have got that physical presence. The interesting one with Antoine is if you have the choice of Bournemouth now or Burnley, where do you go? Now there's an argument Bournemouth because of where it is and nice place to live, etc. Mm. But but there's a chance Bournemouth might be coming down, although I think they went up to 14th or something today. But Burnley are certainly going to be going up, aren't they? Yeah. Um, so it's it's one of those as well. He'd, he'd have a, a, a sort of choice to make, wouldn't he? I suppose mm. you would go with the Premier League side because they're in the Premier League. But, 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 yeah, but you, one, as you said, I think Burnley are almost more of a guarantee of being in the Premier League next season. Which, they are, aren't they? Because you're a full year at it. Yeah. I've heard on a very solid source that he's been trying to move back nearer London for some time and that would be his ideal. So Bournemouth yeah. obviously fits that bill to an extent. It's a bit it's a bit awkward, but it's a bit closer. It's a bit easier. Yeah, yes. It's Burnley, really great yeah. to get to, is it? But it's it's you know <laughs> yeah. it's better than Burnley. Um Burnley I think seemed to move on. I think Burnley was more of a looks like it was more of a let's see if we can grab him and but yeah. they've, they've moved on to other targets. I mean Bournemouth would be a good move for him in a, in a lots of ways, I think, but uh, what you also have then is for him, you've got a manager who's probably on slightly shaky ground just because he's not a name and he's not in you know not in great form in Gary O'Neill. You've got new owners who are spending wanting to spend big money. So what does that mean longer term? But but you've got to take that chance, haven't you? If you're a player yeah. and you got offered to you know the chance to play in the Premier League, a chance to go and earn four times your money, and then and then that's your base salary, isn't it? For the rest yeah. of your career, you're gonna exactly. go and get that next time and next time if you do anything at all. So you're going to do it. Um, yeah. But one thing that might play into our favour just for next week is at Bournemouth were out of the Cup. So they were trying to get him in this weekend. Yeah. They haven't got a game next weekend. So that, yeah, that might just play into our favour in terms of getting one more game out of him yeah. um, and give them a few days to go and see what else they can get. But I think probably my base would be B12. Um, it sounds like we've been offered 10 and said no. So let's try and get 12. And also, as long as the add-on isn't, if Bournemouth avoid relegation, because I wouldn't want that. That's too much. That's a basic yeah. toss of a coin and a gamble. Then, so it's got to be more. I don't know around 
appearances or or something yeah, else, but, goals um, or whatever it may yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. The, the only thing with Bournemouth is I, I don't know that Solanke is playing. They've just loaned he didn't out. Do, didn't he, I think. Is he right? They've just loaned out low to QPR. Um, yeah. They've got um, what's his face, the tall lad, Kiefer Moore. Kiefer is there. Moore, yeah. So you know, you, there, there's that bit, but but in the Premier League, they need you need four, five, six strikers, don't you? Um, yeah. And and I look at this is a real I know this is so left field and I look at Liverpool and Darwin Nunes who actually I quite like but Darwin Nunes ain't hitting the target and he's playing for Liverpool and Semenyo mm. has got a physical presence he's got more pace I think than Darwin Nunes seems to have so again it, it ain't beyond the realms of possibilities that there are bigger clubs that might very well come in for him. You know, I, I look at it and think Everton. Why wouldn't Everton yeah, be looking at it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Southampton, yeah. those teams that are at the bottom, you'd think, you know, this is a this is a player that could really cause some problems. Yeah. So yeah, strange one. I guess it is about lack of clinicalness that's just affected that. I guess if he was scoring, you know, five, six more goals, then those teams would be interested. Yeah, yeah. they absolutely would be. But yeah, if I think you could do a job at anywhere in the bottom half, absolutely. And you know, yeah. Um, but one one other thing on him, we were when Bournemouth were linked in the summer, there was a very again, I don't I'm not picking this off just a forum post, but there was a very strong link with um, that they wanted to swap Jaden Anthony with him as part of the deal. Right, okay. he was actually playing in that sort of wide left position for them, and actually, but but now he's playing and starting, so I'm assuming that would be off the table. But mm. again, I guess it might just depend how much they really want him and whether they uh, we want to do a deal with us for a few months or it, something I mean, like that. That might <laughs> that might be the way we do it: try and get a player from a club who's buying him on loan, as opposed yeah. to then trying to scramble around. What what I hope we don't do is that that we're not scrambling around. We we leave it until the thirty first. Semenyo goes, and we get sixteen million, or we get twenty million for him. But we've got nobody that comes in. Tommy Conway's probably a month, six weeks away. Yeah. But we don't know, you know, that how, how many times we had a hamstring or an injury where it's kind of then gone. Well, we thought it was four weeks. Now it's eight weeks. Now it's twelve weeks. Yeah. So you've got to be careful with it. So I, I definitely think we have to get a replacement. And I don't. You're not going to replace the menu, but a body there that can do something for us, aren't we? Yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised if we buy. I'll be honest. Yeah. I think, you know, given everything the club said and done, they'll have a list. They'll they'll have a very strong list of who's available in the summer. They'll know, yeah. you know, every player who's available in the summer, and they'll have three or four names on that list that they're going to be going and probably talking to now. Yeah. But we're not going to go and get them now because we'd end up having to pay a fee. So yeah. I'd be surprised. But they, yeah, this would be one of the most telegraphed moved moves the club's ever had. I'd be amazed yeah. if we haven't got two or three loan options yeah. or. Yeah, you know, someone available who we're, we're planning to pretty much go and get as soon as this happens, if it happens. Yeah. I'd be very disappointed if we didn't. Yeah. Be interesting to see if Ipswich come in for him. <laughs> but, yeah. Right. Um, before we finish, um, Paul, I need a number from you between 1 and 192 because the last two Saturday podcasts, we've done the prize draw for the signed uh, Bristol City ball signed by the matchday squad from our sponsors Habu so a number between 1 and 192 and then I'll take that away and look at the, <laughs> all the retweets and see do where we go from there no worries I'll go for number 42 okay so I've looked at the list and that is Lee Granger so congratulations to Lee thanks for the retweet and thanks to everyone who retweeted that tweet about those two games so we'll have more prizes coming soon Thank you very much for that, Paul. Paul, your your uh, daughter's games off. I, I I see on your tweet to me. <laughs> yeah, I've got a morning of a uh, morning of housework now instead of going uh, to watch him football. Uh, a shame. Yeah, nice man. <laughs> um, Go on, Matt. 
Last thing, um, or one thing, if you get a chance to watch Lee Trundle on Soccer AM. Oh, from yes. Saturday, yeah. Oh, class. Um, and the other thing, cut, cut the big birthdays, mate, in there for the today. Absolutely, yeah. So Lewis Carey's birthday today and also Campering. So happy birthday to, to both of them. On top of that, Jens Hegeler, Pedro Pereira as well. And right. Ryan Harley, who's a, who's a friend of mine. So, um, yeah, a, a big day for birthdays. Uh, and also listener Mike Edgar as well, if you're listening. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Right. Cheers, everyone. Thanks so much for joining. Um, Paul and uh, Matt, you can now go to bed. Uh, Paul and time. Matt, you can now go to bed. <laughs> <That's> wrong. <laughs> Paul, thank you, mate. Top quality as always. No, no, thanks, yeah. guys. Thanks for having me on. Well, we'll, be back, uh, we'll be back for the West Brom FA Cup game. Let's see if we're in the fifth round of the FA Cup but who knows we shall see and right thank you everyone go on thanks for listening Matt get to bed take care (laughs) all the best bye bye Bye. I've been riding low I've been riding fast gonna take this moment I'm gonna make it cause you don't know me don't be quick to judge to tell you something I don't care that much Don't come around here Preaching your goddamn rules Don't come around here yeah. I ain't your
watching that little town slowly disappear.